Welcome back to That's the Tea, the podcast that shares football news in the most digestible way possible. My name is Arjun. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan, and we're here to talk about some of the training camp buzz that's going on around week one of training camp. Ryan, how are you doing today? Pretty excited for tomorrow, because tomorrow is a Hall of Fame game, and I totally forgot that the Raiders are going to play in it. Wait, did, <laughs> we had a conversation like five minutes ago. Did you know coming in that the Raiders were playing? When you, coming when you in today, like like when we talked, that's when I knew already. But it was like yesterday morning that I realized the Hall of Fame game was this week and that the Raiders would be in it, because I didn't realize we are in August. Got you, got you, got you. I, I totally forgot about the, the Hall of Fame game and it being played like one week before preseason. So when I exactly. saw like people were talking about it, I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. It came really fast though, right? Yeah, because I literally thought we were still in July. Right, exactly. So is the beginning of August, so of course, there is training camp. And I feel like there's no better way to kind of get ourselves in that football mood to talk about what's been going on in training camp. So I prepared three headlines, Ryan prepared three headlines that I guess stood out to us based off of the first week of training camp and i guess let's get started um did you want to go first i can go first but before we start did you see the new foam thingies that people wear now or tight ends and d linemen and o linemen wear yes i did yeah very funny looking well do you know <laughs> i'm not gonna say it. <laughs> okay i i am not the only guy that has said it's funny looking okay just saying yes I, all i'm gonna say is that it's t- all I'm going to say is they saw Antonio Brown on the Raiders and then ah. they started to implement it. You get what I'm saying? Mm. D- Dr. RJ with the, with the diagnostic. <laughs> just, had to, right. just had to sprinkle that in there. Go for it, Ryan. What is your first headline? It is from your division, Cliff Kingsbury, right? Mm-hmm. So then I, I wasn't going to put this one in, but then I feel like circumstances has made it very interesting to talk about this. So Rondell Moore. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury saying he's going to have a huge role with Christian Kirk leaving and quote unquote, he calls him a dynamic playmaker. DeAndre Hopkins, their number one receiver is out for six weeks. Marquise Brown just got arrested for driving 126 miles per hour. So for the foreseeable future, I feel like it's going to be him and AJ Green. So my question to you is that, can you trust them? Like, I, I feel like Rondell Moore has the spotlight right now, but it's like, do you trust him though? Okay, this is a really good question. So for me, the answer is maybe, but I'm leaning no. And the only reason why is because for Cliff Kingsbury's offense, he has a certain type of archetype wide receiver lined up on each part. So if DeAndre Hopkins is down, Rondell Moore won't take over the X wide receiver role. Rondell Moore will continue to be where he is. So kind of what I was thinking was that because DeAndre Hopkins is out, the next player that kind of fits that archetype is actually AJ Green. Oh, but so but I, he's old. But he's old, but he fits the archetype. So they're going to actually plug him in there as the X. Okay, so as a Y receiver then? With Marquise Brown out, I think Rondell Moore will fit, will slide into that role. However, what I don't know if Marquise Brown is actually going to be arrested for so long. I don't know mm. what the circumstances are. I need more news about that. But if they couldn't get Rondell Moore working last year. You don't think it was an issue of not enough touches for Rondell Moore then? I feel like they couldn't. They want him to be the focal point, but I didn't think they used him correctly last year either. Okay. Fair enough. 
I think. So, okay, go for it. Go for it. Oh no, no, no! I was I was going to end it. But go ahead. In in terms of fantasy football, I still wouldn't draft him. You still would draft him. Would not. Would not. Mm-mm. In the late round, the, you you still wouldn't pick him up. Nope, I think it's just DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Marquise Brown. I, I that I do agree. Okay, so what if it's in the late rounds, and then you're just trying to find someone for the first six weeks? Or uh, okay, instead of six, since you said he will actually replace Marquise Brown better than he would replace, or better than he would fit DeAndre Hopkins' role, however long Marquise Brown would be out for. Correct. Um, I. Again, like, and maybe this is just like I don't like their play calling that much, or how well they used Rondell Moore last year. Coming from someone who saw how Rondell Moore was used for the first three weeks, put like forty percent of my Fab money on him, and then he didn't do anything the rest of the year. Um, I'm still hesitant, and maybe that's just because I've been snake bitten by him before. Um, okay. I agree. But still, I feel like there are other wide receivers out there that you could probably trust more than uh, what Rondell Moore might be. Even though, yes, Christian Kirk left, so you know he is the true three. They can use him in different ways. Like he could get more rushing attempts. I'm still hesitant, okay. though. I'm no not. I'm, I'm not convinced. All right. I guess on this podcast, we are out on the second round, or uh, what? Second round pick out of 2021, the second year man out of Purdue, five seven. By the way. <laughs> nothing taller nothing short did, did you agree with that though or did you think that uh rondell moore is with the i feel it's flyer? worth a flyer Ooh, okay. i mean who, who knows where or how well he could do but i think it's worth it because he has the shot to prove himself and i feel like if he does prove himself he might find a better role through later on i mean i don't think you'll ever start him as a wide receiver two or anything like that but he could prove to be a good flex never know you never know that's actually a really really Good point. Well, all right, I'm going to hop in and talk about my first headline, and we're going to still be on the topic of wide receivers, actually, but we're going to go over to Indianapolis because um, something spicy. So the Colts drafted Alec Pierce, right? I think in the second or third round this year, wide receiver, almost like Cooper Cup. However, almost, almost. However, in the battle for the number two wide receiver position, Indianapolis, the player that seems to be taking the spot is actually Paris Campbell. Well, the guy I drafted like two years ago. The guy you drafted two years ago. That's why I brought this up. So, Ryan, after drafting this guy two years ago, him being injured all of last year, last year or two years ago, last year you learned your lesson, you didn't draft him. This year has a lot of buzz. Matt Ryan likes him. Someone has to play opposite of Michael Pittman Jr. Matt Ryan is an obvious upgrade from Carson Wentz. Do you trust Paris Campbell? And would you draft him this year? Paris Campbell, yes. Alec, Alec Pierce, no. This guy is like okay. Walmart version of Cooper Cup. Don't worry. <laughs> so I'm actually going to tie this in with your first headline. Would you rather draft Paris Campbell or Rondell Moore? Oh, Paris Campbell. Oh, Why do you like I, Paris Campbell so much? I'm so oh, confused. It's because he did so good. That, uh, I think his rookie season before, because I think he, he had a rookie season or something. And then he did good. And then he, I drafted him because he was expected to break out, but then he tore something that kept him off the whole year. Mm-hmm. So then I think it's just injury that's plaguing this guy. I really think he's a, he's a speedster. He's going to get it done, man. I really want to doubt you, but Matt no, Ryan's because, a thrower. But if you think uh. about it, there's no one left. There's Michael Pittman, him, and what, T.Y. Hilton? Mo Adley-Cox? 
as another pass catcher. Not not a wide receiver, but yes. A... Okay, are you gonna draft Mo Alley Cox? No, I'm not. Exactly. So he's not a threat. So that's why I feel like Paris Campbell is a fit. Alec Pierce, sure, but I mean, like he's like he's rookie. Paris Campbell yeah, is point right. Been there, done that. He's acquainted with the system. Okay, you know, you, you kind of talked well, to Paris Campbell this year. Yes, yes. I mean, late how about fire. you? I think late round flyer. Yeah, now now that I feel like he's kind of solidified his roles in number two. Again, he's been acquainted with the system. Um, I guess it's just whether I don't think Paris Campbell's value is based. It's based off two things. One, it's based off of can he stay on the field, and two, it's based off of how well Matt Ryan will play as opposed to how well he is. The talent is there. Can you stay on the field? And will the quarterback play actually allow him to be good? Yes. Agreed. All right. right. My next headline, we're moving to Jacksonville, sunny Florida. All right. So Travis Etienne, right, is back from his season-ending foot injury, the the Liz Frank injury. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that. I still don't know what it is, but something to do with your foot. Um, so everyone has been saying he's been a star at training camp. However, James Robinson is also trending up as he is also trying to recover from a torn Achilles from last December. So basically they're saying both guys are doing really good in camp. ETN is a star. James Robinson still doing very good though. And I feel like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to read it. And I, that's why I probably brought it up because I need help on figuring out if I should draft these guys or not. But Doug Peterson likes to use a lot of backs. Uh, he all, But at the same time, I feel like he also stuck with LeGarrette Blunt for a while when, like, uh, that one year they won the Super Bowl. So then, mm-hmm. like, a, a thumper type of guy. And I feel like James Robinson is more of a thumper type of guy. So I feel like, do you buy in on ETN or just, like, how about just, let's start with, do you buy in on Jacksonville's backfield at all? The answer is yes, I am buying in in Jacksonville's. Um, How early are you buying into it? So I view ETN as a top 20 running back this season. I think that he can produce. They drafted him high. He had a very high draft profile. He can catch the ball and he can run the ball really well. Yes. In PPR formats, I would draft ETN as a top 20. If it's not, if you're playing standard, maybe like a top 25. I think they're going to use him. They're going to try to see if he's actually worth like picking up that fifth-year option later down the line, even though he was in the draft pick by Doug Peterson. Okay. Um, in terms of James Robinson, I, I'm not quite sure where I stand with him just because he tore his Achilles. And if you looked at how Cam Akers played after he tore his Achilles, it was bad. But, 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 so the Liz Frank injury doesn't scare you. Not if you tore it week one of the preseason and he's good now. Okay. Okay. So you're saying the James Robinson Robinson thing is just too soon. I think, yes, the James Robinson one is too soon, but I can see a world where they both thrive decently well, almost like a, I know I keep using this phrase, but it's like a Kareem Hunt, um, Nick Chubb role, except reversed. So the, the dual threat running back is actually the quote-unquote Nick Chubb well, he'll get like 70-80%, and then James Robinson comes in for the 20%, but could still probably be a good flex option. Okay. So if it's between the two, who are you going with? ETN. Got it. All right. All I think I'll right. do the same in, uh, in the draft later next month. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I guess I have to draft ETN a little bit higher now because I'm in a couple leagues with Ryan. Well, moving on 
let's go and move up north and let's go talk about the Green Bay Packers. And let's talk about Christian Watson, who is going to be set to miss significant time in training camp due to electing to have knee surgery. So initially I was really high. I had high hopes for him, you know, um, being Aaron Rodgers, number one wide receiver. But as a rookie with no training camp, it's kind of hard for me to vouch for him, right? Draft, um, drafting him in redraft. So my question for you, Ryan, is one, do you share the same thoughts? Do you still want to draft him in redraft, even though if he returns week one, let's say, but no training camp? Or B, what other pass catcher would you draft then if Christian Watson will miss a lot more time than just missing out training camp? Well, I kind of want to avoid. Okay, to answer your first question about the redraft league, if we're in a redraft, I still don't think that I would personally pick up Christian Watson because of the quarterback situation. Like Aaron Rodgers, I feel like at this point in time, he, he's only ever locked in for one year at a time. So then, and I, I don't do you, I don't trust Jordan Love. I don't know about you. I feel like you feel the same way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though Matt LaFleur just said today that, uh, you know, Jordan Love had his best practice yet. And, you know, this is coming in like, what is this, like a third-year guy? It's three, it's three years too three late years in that. and then he finally had a good practice like wow okay well you see what i mean like i i don't trust christian watson later down the line jordan love please prove me wrong but i think it's too risky there's better guys to, to draft in a redraft or or in a wait not a redraft league right the leagues where you do not redraft like a dynasty league yes yeah, so you're about, asking like, like in the leagues that we're in right now oh would you draft christian watson would you draft christian watson yes I feel like you can, but like, it's still risky because what if he's out for longer? Like, right? I feel like this might be the situation where you found yourself in drafting Michael Thomas, See? except Michael Thomas was proven. See, right, and he he's a rookie, no training camp, so like you're gonna like literally throw him into the fire week one. Yeah, so it's even riskier than the Mike Thomas situation. Okay, so follow up question: Do you like Alan Lazard? Not bad. <laughs> he's not bad do you trust him as a top 30 wide receiver so as at least a flex play yes at least a flex yes do you trust him if he is your wide receiver too number one wide receiver no okay you don't interesting even though he's playing with Aaron Rodgers I think that it's safe to say he's a flex because what's weird to me is that Randall Cobb still gets the ball (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. And it, like, actually, I know how it makes sense because it's literally Aaron Rodgers looking for him and throwing him the ball specifically. So that's why I feel like this offense may be a little more biased than, you know, get open, we'll throw it to you. If your name's I not see. Randall Cobb, you're not my friend. You know, you <laughs> might not get it. That is funny. I agree with you a thousand percent. Alan Lazard, no more than a flex play for me. All right. Ryan, what is your last headline for the day? My last headliner? Another wide receiver. Broncos. I feel like you probably, everyone knows about this now. Mm-hmm. Broncos lost Tim Patrick. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's their number three guy behind, let's see who they got. Jerry Judy and Corlin Sutton. I don't mm-hmm. think he was ahead of any of them. Um, but it's crazy because KJ Hamler is recovering from an ACL that kept him out of last season. So maybe the recovery's done, but like, you know, he just came back from it. 
Mm-hmm. And then I think Cortland Sutton suffered a torn ACL two seasons ago, mm-hmm. came back last season, was very subpar in my opinion, but probably it's quarterback play, whatever, right? So it's now projected for Sutton and Judy to be locked in on the outside while KJ Hamler or Kendall Hinton will like will you know battle out in the slot. So I feel like I guess we can start off by figuring out how much of a blow is this to their offense and in terms of fantasy stock wise, who goes up and who goes down. Ooh, okay. Um, let's see here. I don't know how detrimental it was in terms of like the Broncos as an NFL team. Tim Patrick was just going to be the three, in my opinion, unless they were going to move him as the two. Then Jerry Judy was going to play and operate in the slot. Mm-hmm. But um, I think in terms of like depth chart for them, I think they do have like the next man up mentality. KJ Hamler is just going to take over. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. In terms of that. Now, if we talk about draft stock, um, I guess we'll start with. Um, Start with Jerry we'll Judy. Go. Let's go with Jerry Judy. I think, okay, uh, I'll actually make this a little bit faster too. I think both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sun both go up. Um, really? Okay. Yes. I think a more fascinating question for me to you is, who do you like better out of the two? I don't know if we had this conversation yet or already, but I'm torn about who I like better um, because for Jerry Judy, I was really high on him coming into the draft. Um, him being drafted by the Broncos. However, I was listening to a podcast and someone was watching tape on Jerry Judy and like, you know, he's like supposed to be the most refined route runner coming out of that draft, right? Mm -hmm. And apparently he has trouble getting separation. Interesting. And that concerns me. (laughs) Period. That sounds very concerning. I was going to say maybe Cortland Sutton because I feel like if this offense is similar in any way to how Russell Wilson had it in Seattle. I feel like a big body wide receiver, like Cortland Sutton, not the fastest guy, but he's more like a, okay, well, DK Metcalf is fast. Never mind. Mm. He's like a throw it up there. I'll, I'll win the 50, 50. Yeah. I, I feel like that's how you, you watch Seattle. And then that's, that's what you see them do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't have a, a like a, a burner type of guy that will just get open without physical contact. Okay. Oh, maybe Tyler Lockett is that guy. Who knows? But Tyler Lockett's kind of shifty. Correct. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I'm a little bit higher on Cortland Sutton than Jerry Judy. However, I do not like where either of them are being drafted right now. Cortland Sutton is being drafted in the third round. I don't like that. Way too high. That's way too high. Wait, where's Jerry Judy going? I think he's going like a little bit, like half a round after. So like oh, so everyone so, actually agrees that Cortland Sun's higher. Yes, everyone's agreeing oh. that Cortland Sun's higher. I don't know where they're getting this information from, but everyone's drafting Cortland Sun higher. All right, all right. But, but here's my counter. Last year, do you know who you know? Um, Robert Woods is being drafted higher than Cooper Cup. True, and then who who did better? <laughs> it's not even close. Well, I mean, Robert Woods was kind of not playing. True, true, true. Feel so bad for him, but even if he did play, I feel like Cooper Cup probably, you know, come on, yeah. I mean, it took, I mean, Robert Woods literally played six weeks and was like, Hey, like, literally went up to Sean Miller, was like, Hey, man, can I get the ball more? I gave him the ball more, and he tore his ACL. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my goodness, um, but yeah, so I think Cortland Sutton, like a high end wide receiver, too, Jerry Judy, mid range, could be a high range wide receiver, too. Albert O 
I'm not convinced yet. I think if you really want to, you could take a late round flyer. Like, let's say you go into your draft and you totally forget about the tight end position. Ugh. It's like round 12. And you're like, oh, shoot, I got to pick between like David and Joku, um, John oh, Smith or like Albert O. It's one of those times when you might have to draft like two out of those three and like pray that one of them hits. <laughs> All right, man. Um, but yeah, I think that would be a situation where I would draft Albert O. Um, did okay. you have anything else about um, pass catchers in uh, Denver? Or do you think that the running backs, you know, maybe one less wide receiver option, Denver wants to run the ball more? Or maybe they throw more passes to Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams? I don't know. I just don't understand their, their running back situation either, you know. They're just not letting Javante Williams break out. They keep bringing back Melvin Gordon. I don't I, get I, it. I don't understand. Unless they're trying to do this thing with, like, Alvin Kamara and, like, Mark Ingram where – you really just give Javante Williams the most important touches, and then Melvin Gordon has to do the tough work, like in between the twenties, from the from your twenty okay. to their twenty, and then Javante Williams takes it from there. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. Or, whoa, actually, really think about it. This is that Packers had Nathaniel Hackett's poor man's version of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. True, and then from last year's AJ Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones, right? Exactly, yeah, and that didn't on, that that didn't go too well because I don't think you can you can trust either of them. Ooh, good point. I mean, I made a mistake drafting Aaron Jones. I think was he hurt last year? He no, I don't think he was hurt. I think the issue was he. It's just AJ Dillon kept getting touches, man. <laughs> you, you would turn on the TV and then you see Aaron Jones on the sideline. But then every time they were in the tent, it always went to Aaron Jones. The stupid swing pass. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. Ah, pisses me off. All right, let, let, let's just go on to your headline. All right, last headline of the day. I want to talk about the Bay Area, or should I say Trey area. Trey Lance was officially oh, named the starter for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is doing light work on the side. As he waits to be traded, Ryan, similar to what we just talked about with the Broncos, I'm curious about your thoughts on what's your stance on Trey Lance and how do you feel about the three or four main pass catchers? So Samuel, Ayuk, and then George Kittle. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like you're not going to like this, but it's I fine. feel like it's going to be hard to say that you guys are an automatic Super Bowl contender again with Trey Lance at QB. Fair. Yeah. Um, with that out the way, I think that, you know, he is better than Jordan Love. And I, I, I hate to keep using Jordan Love as like the standard or the bar, you know, or like the threshold of it or where you should be better than, you know. But, yeah. Uh, he has weapons. It's up to him to perform or not. Okay. Because I, I, you literally have what? Uh, the three running backs everyone went crazy over Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon. You got Debo back. Brandon Ayuk, maybe he does better. You never know. Uh, okay. Stop George Kittle. Okay. And am I missing anybody? No, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a pullback. Juice. Oh, yeah, juice. Okay. So, do you think Trey Lance? in terms of fantasy football, could at least be a starter. So top 12. I would, how about this? I would draft Trey Lance late in the draft mm-hmm. 
as a second QB to leave him on my bench if I had a solid first QB already or or average one or something. Because so I feel like Trey Lance has a chance to be a top 12. It's just, it's really a coin flip though. Okay, so let's say you punted. Okay, so let's say you punted on quarterback. Let's say you drafted quarterback late. Let's say you picked up a Derek Carr, right? Uh, uh, okay. Would you draft a Trey Lance? Why not? Yeah. I would consider so that scenario you would, right? Well, 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 if it's like a guy of Derek Carr's caliber, then yes. But if it's Derek Carr himself, I don't think I'll, I, I won't talk to Trey Lance. Okay. Is that, if that makes any your, sense? If that's because of your own bias? Or I feel like that's because of my own bias and what I, I what I feel like. I'm a, I'm a Raiders insider, man. You know? Oh, okay. I know. So, so Kirk Cousins. Let's say Kirk Cousins. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If I have Kirk Cousins, Trey Lance is getting drafted. <laughs> and we're praying that the Niners, you know, make their best shot for going on for their quest for six. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And let's talk about the pass catchers really quickly. Do you like Debo Samuel this year? He's currently being drafted in the second round. Is that too rich for you? I think, I think it is too rich because again, it might not be too rich, but it's just, I feel like quarterback is just a question, question mark. Ooh, okay. Okay. I agree with you. I agree with you tenfold with Trey Lance in particular, but okay, I took my question to you. Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt because you probably follow up with the Niners training camp and we've all seen what Trey Lance did when he was asked to play last year. Is he better? So here's, here's the thing. Here's the inside scoop for you. A um, couple of takeaways. One, Trey Lance is better, but he is struggling because the Niners defense is too good. That has been, the, that has been the, the big judgment right now so the defense has been too has been yeah but they don't care i think they've had like two or three like uh quote-unquote brawls already Mm. so uh yeah there has been a lot of competition already trey lance has thrown two picks to fred warner because he doesn't see fred warner that concerns me fred warner is a big man how do you not see him (laughs) it's hard to miss oh god this is doesn't sound good. Okay, but keep going. Does not. But more inside scoop for you. I heard Brandon Ayuk is having a really great, great camp so far. Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk. So he's not on the dog pound anymore. He's on the doghouse. Okay. So it may be partially. See, this is why I don't think it's, it might just be all hype though, because Debo Samuel didn't get to play because, you know, he was working on his contract extension. Mm-hmm. So Ayuk was just getting a lot more work. I see. So it could just all be talk and all hype. And then, you know, Debo Samuel comes in and Debo Samuel has such a great camp. So pending so far. Well, at least Brandon Ayuk's getting in work. Yeah, because last time he, he had to sit out and watch all his all his friends play. Exactly. So <laughs> hopefully he's not in the doghouse again. I hope so too. I have a question. Last question. Do you like George Kittle this year? He had a really, his huh. season last year didn't really, uh, I guess, fully describe how he did because he was used more as a run blocker than he was as a pass catcher last year. I say he's still a top five, but like, I don't like him. So you wouldn't draft him. I still feel Kelsey would be better. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kelsey. How about Andrews? Yeah. I think Andrews up there. Kelsey, Andrews, Waller still up there. Kittle still up there. Honestly, mm-hmm. I draft him in that order. Probably Kelsey, Kelsey Andrews, Andrews, Waller, Waller Kittle. Kittle. I'm aligned to that. Okay. Sounds good. I like that. And that's all I had. Those are my three headlines. 
Same. So to everyone that has made it this far, thank you for listening. And hopefully you learned one more thing or two about the NFL. Share the podcast with your friends and follow us on Twitter at That's the T2020. We'll catch you guys again next week when we talk about fantasy players. And that's the T. And that's the T. Take care, y'all.